What's up, everybody? CL King coming to you live from the High Definition Studios here in Impactville. Let me know if you can hear me out there. It's been a few minutes since I've been in the studio, been on the road, so I make sure everything's set back up properly. Let's see. It is. I can hear it, y'all. So how's everybody doing tonight? I want you to know that tonight's going to be a, a very special start, a start to a very special series that we're going to do tonight. We're going to cover an area that's so important to me. Like, I would not be here if it was not for this topic tonight. So, I want you to gather a pen and paper, pencil, notebook, and share this with others throughout your network tonight, if you would, please. Because I, I really do feel it's, it's essential. Like, like, why would kids have to be extracted from their homes and then have nowhere to go. Y'all tell me that. So I'm here tonight to uh, kick off the three-night series that we're going to illuminate um, this this very important topic. We're going to illuminate it. We're going to do our very best to try to bring some understanding to it and see if we can inspire people to want to be a part of this very, very important need here in Carolina, North Carolina. Like, hey, look, we got to do more. We got to do better. So it's your friend C.L. King, and I am blessed to be back high atop the Ruth E. Plowden Legacy Chair. And I'm thankful that you guys have decided to be with us for a little bit tonight. Uh, I am sorry that we're a little bit late, but like I said, I've been out of the studio, took all the equipment with me on the road, and uh, came back and plugged it up all wrong. <laughs> so you, you don't have to be perfect to be a parent. And I want you to know that. I want, I want you to start, I want to start off by telling you that tonight, uh, struggling. I want you to know that you don't have to be um, a, a perfect person to be a parent. And one of the things that I want you to understand is that the foster care system in North Carolina is under a major crisis. Okay, this is, this is like five alarm warning. And the reason why it's a, a crisis is because there's such a shortage of people that are participating in this very, very vital, I say ministry, man. 
You know, it's like, hey, look, I've raised my kids or, or I can't have kids or I don't want my own kids, but I want to I want to get involved and help other people. I want to help other kids. And here's here's the deal. I want you guys to understand again, CL King impacting life 24 seven with your I'm your host and Greg is your co host down 5000 miles away. The sharpshooter who handles everything that nobody can see. That takes care of everything that nobody wants to do. So blessed to have him as, you know what? We're a veteran owned black owned company here at impacting life 24 seven. And it was way back in like 1987 that I got extracted from the care of my biological family way 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 back in 1987 and i was put into a city that i knew nothing about surrounded by a a a group of people that i knew nothing about and here we are today all these years later 35 years later and i'm looking at what's happening in my own state, the state that I live in, North Carolina. And and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, wow, there is literally a crisis in North Carolina that nobody's really talking about. (laughs) I'm like, why? Why? Why is this not an open topic of discussion? You know, we elect folks who are supposedly smart enough and savvy enough to handle this issue. And it doesn't seem like they're doing a good enough job. Back in 1987, when I was put in my first group home, they realized that the group home life was not good for a 12 year old because I was the youngest kid in a foster, in a group home. And I was in the better way group homes there in Elyria, Ohio. And what was taking place was those older boys were taking advantage of me in multiple ways. And the group home had at least enough foresight to realize we got to get this young kid out of here with these old, hairy, uh, just about grown men and get him to a safe place. So I was shipped from Illyria, Ohio to a place called Lorraine, Ohio, which is about uh, still either way, about 35, 40 minutes from my hometown, which was Cleveland, Ohio. For those of you who don't know, I'm the author of the book, Who Ate My Brownie? No matter the adversity, you still can make it. And this book details some of the, the caverns and corridors and labyrinth hallways that I had to go down to get to the place of safety. And in in 1987, when I showed up in Lorraine, Ohio, at my first foster home, which was really my second foster home, I, 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 I was struggling because the foster home was somewhat institutionalized, actually very institutionalized, but it gave me a sense of structure even though those things that were happening to me, listen, as a 12 year old, I didn't know that they were bad. I didn't know that they were right or wrong. 
I just knew that they were happening. And the staff who discovered it said, this is not good. We can't allow this to be happening to this 12-year-old boy. So when I got placed in my in the second foster home, which was really the first foster home that I knew of in this age age time range, um, these people took me in into their home because I could not do well with my biological family. I couldn't do well with my mom. I couldn't do well with my grandmother, and I couldn't do well with my father. So I needed somewhere to go. And thankfully, these people opened up their home to me. And I lived there for a couple years, a year or two, and situations made it so that I needed to move. I don't know the exact story of why I had to move, but there were some issues that necessitated me and the other foster kid there to be extracted from that home. And so then a year or two later, as you guys know, I went to Ruth E. Plowden and Paul E. Plowden's house there at 3523 Temple Avenue in Lorain, Ohio. And they took me in as a couple who were in retirement age. And my foster mom, Ruthie Plowden told me in 2013, which I didn't realize till I listened to the re-listened to the interview years later, that she requested that I come to her house. Now, Mom Plowden, she had always on tap about five to six foster kids in her home. And these were the kids, these were the foster kids, these were the children that nobody else wanted. These were the the people that nobody else these were the kids that nobody else could take in. And mom Plowden said, I'll take them. Well, they were going to send me CL King to a, I don't know, an institution. They were going to send me somewhere. And mom Plowden said, no, send them here, bring them here. And it was because of her decision to, to open her home to a sixth kid that I sit here before you tonight. Had I been placed in an institution or some urban situation, God only knows what my life would be like. Listen, I'll be first to tell you, I'll be first to confess live to our 70,000 plus people that we reach every month. I'll be the first to tell you, man, um, I am not the poster child for exemplary adult behavior. Okay, I have my very own issues that I struggle with still at nearly 50 years old. But but I will tell you also that had it not been for a loving, caring, past their quote unquote parental prime family to take in this kid who was being bounced around from group homes and foster homes, it had it not been for them. I could not imagine what my life would be like today. Not everybody has that story. Not everybody can say, hey, man, look, I was, you know what I mean? I was here. I was there. This situation, um, this situation happened to me and 
this is the reason why I am where I am today. Some people just, you know, they live life. They've, they've had experiences and, and you know, it, it is what it is, you know, but, but what I want you guys to know tonight is that we are facing here in North Carolina and probably other States. Uh, you know, we talked about this pandemic where we had to wear masks and social distance. Well, I want to tell you about another epidemic that is happening under the radar that people just kind of dismiss and carry on with their life. In North Carolina, where here I am, in North Carolina, on average, there are about 550 kids in the foster care system in Mecklenburg County. Typically, only 20 are cleared for adoption, while another 40 will age out of the system before ever finding a permanent home. I want you to know, during the throes of the pandemic, when schools were closed, Kids were in a dangerous situation. They were stuck at home. Teachers are usually the primary reporters to DSS. Y'all know teachers are kind of like an important partner in, in this collaboration of raising a child. And this reporting plummeted in 2020. It dropped by over 30% of any types of cases reported to DSS. Why? Because the pandemic said, hey, look, we got to all, we got to bring it all in. Can't help you. Don't know what to tell you, young people. And when I think about, you know, people look at me and, and they say, man, this, this cat's an anomaly, you know, or, they say, oh, man, great job. You're doing so well. Congratulations on all the stuff that you do. Blah, 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 blah. However, in 2023, in, my, in the very state that I live in, the, the state that I traversed to from Lorain, Ohio, after joining the United States Marine Corps, in this, in this state, there is a major problem. It's a crisis. Did you know that there are over 12,000 kids in the state's welfare system presently? Did you know that? I, I was one of them. I, I've got the T-shirt the, the and the tattoo. These are kids who desperately need someone to take them in and they need someone to give them a bed, to give them a meal, a place to sleep, someone to give them stability and a chance at normalcy. I sit atop the Ruth E. Plowden legacy chair. Ruth E. Plowden was my last foster mom who took me in in a state where she should have been retiring. And she said, Chris, I, I want you. 
every child that I watched enter into those sacred corridors of 3523 Temple Avenue in Lorain, Ohio, they all had the same loving foster parents, the same opportunities, the same church on the North Coast. Bring They had all of the same opportunities, and some of them did not take advantage of it. So, so, so why is this topic so important to me? Because I look in North Carolina and people are okay with kicking the can down the road. Now, somebody said, well, King, how come you haven't adopted any foster kids? Well, I had seven children, y'all. My wife and I have seven. And the last one is graduating in a mere 40-something days. I was raising my family because somebody took me in and taught me the basics of how to be a dad. And, and do you know that in North Carolina, the state that I reside in, that there are counties, not just cities, but counties of children that are sleeping in social services offices because there's no place for them to go. It goes a little deeper. Unfortunately, There are kids that have to reside and sleep in the county jail because there isn't enough, there aren't enough places for them to go. The issue isn't so much a sharp rise of kids needing care, rather a decline in licensed foster homes. Why? Because we... You know, I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you the why based off of my own opinion. I want you to ask, answer the question yourself. Why are kids who have been taken from taken from their biological families because of no fault of their own? Why are these kids? I'm doing a three night series, y'all. So y'all gonna have to. Y'all gonna have to endure. Put on your big boy clothes and big girl clothes for the next three nights. Why are kids? having to spend the night in a county jail and or in a social services office by no fault of their own or psychiatric facility here in North Carolina. Why is this happening? Why is this okay? Why are we just like, well, you know, we got other things. We got the debt ceiling. We got blah, blah, blah. We got this, guns, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? We, we, we cover every single thing. But, but, but if there had have been this type of landscape when Christopher L. King needed a place to sleep, how different my life would look now. My heart breaks for my own state, my own state. I've reached out to the, to the, to the folks at the uh, Department of Health and Human Services and all the hoptics. I've reached out to them all. I've done that for years. I reach out to, I reach out to the elected officials all the time. And you know what they give me? They give me the, the, the silent treatment. 
Who would be better to help raise awareness of, of getting people involved in the foster care system than a kid who benefited from it? But no, 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 no. When you reach out to them, it's just like, hey, Mr. King, thank you for your interest. We'll, we'll get back with you. Silence. That's what y'all do all the time. Which, which makes people become cynical for even being engaged in anything because when you try to reach out and you try to help and you try to say, hey, listen, I want to offer my voice, I want to offer my support, I want to offer my backing, it's just like, mm, okay, well, you know, the, 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 we have spent the money that came in to support uh, the increased awareness of the need for foster care. We have spent that on others' junk. And so when a kid has been physically abused, molested, et cetera, and they're, and, they're, and they're by necessity, they need to be extracted from their home, that's already a traumatic situation. And then we put them in a more traumatic situation by placing them in a county jail, in a psychiatric facility, or in a DSS office to spend the night. And we're okay with that. Y'all in North Carolina are okay with that. Y'all just like, well. Well, bless their heart. We'll just pray for them. Really? The numbers compiled by the foster care support organization, iFoster, from 2018 to 2022, show the number of homes was going up until the pandemic in 2020. Since then, they have been sharply coming down. The drop was 23% between 2021 and 2022. That's a drop in foster care. An article says at, at by the news station WBTV.com, it says, listen, there are children that are sleeping in DSS offices. They are sleeping in shelters or hotels. It's really sad how many times we have to say no because we don't have foster parents. Could you imagine? Could y'all imagine how C.L. King's life would look if I hadn't had a loving foster family to take me in? And what's wrong with North Carolina? What? Why is North Carolina ranked 39th out of 49 states in foster care? Why? Why are we so low? Why are we so pathetic? Why are we so lethargic? Why is this such an issue? Well, King, you're always pointing out the the net. No, 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 no. You guys, we we elect these folks to go into the hopty topty ivory tower seats, and we see no results. I found that the money and the finances from 2019, 18, 19, 20, 21 that was allocated for the increased uh, campaign to get more foster families involved was spent on other stuff. And so, you know what they did? They came back after this, after the USA Today report came out on North Carolina is, is woefully inefficient in foster care. They said, oh, what we need is more funding. Really? That's what we need? Y'all spent the last allotment of funding. So, we just need more. Let's just kick the can down the road, spend more money in places that we don't need it, and that's okay. And we're okay with that. This is probably why no organization wants me to be the spokesperson for them because I'm going to be brutally honest. 
I, I, I can't sit here in a good conscience and say, well, you know, it, it was because of the pandemic and it was, man, fully on that. We were spending the money before the pandemic came around. One of the biggest hurdles facing potential foster parenthood is being getting qualified. And there is this, this issue called attachment. One, one person said, I think a lot of people think that they, if they go into foster care, they have to have, they have the mindset, if I go into foster care, they're going to love a child and it's going to just be ripped away from them. I lived with my foster family for four, four and a half, five years. I'm thankful that they took the, right now it takes about four to six months to become a licensed foster parent. I'm thankful that they took the time to become foster parents. Y'all, are y'all listening to me at all? Listen, I, I want you to know the startling statistic, and I'm going to let you go because I know everybody's mad at me now. There was data collected by the Foster Care Capacity Center that showed that there has been a 20% decrease in licensed families over the past four years. Watch this. At the start of the pandemic, there were around 7,185 licensed foster families in the state of North Carolina. But by 2022, the number had dropped to below 5,500. Watch this. There are over 11,000 youth in the foster care system in North Carolina. One agency said we probably get a minimum of, of five to 10 referrals a day for children. And sometimes those are siblings. But we can't put them together. Because we don't have no Tomorrow night we're gonna do, we're gonna dive deeper into why we are seeing this this situation happen. What 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 is the root cause? You know what are the root causes of why we can't get kids in foster care? Why we think it's okay to put a a, tra a traumatically removed child from their home into a county jail for a bed and or a DSS office? Why do we think that that's okay? We're, we're going to dive deeper into. Hey, man, can we do anything more? Or are we just okay with it, man? I, I just, I don't, I don't feel like any of us should be okay with saying, let's, let's take a child who was molested. Let's take a child who was abused. Let's take a child who suffered from mal malnutrition. I felt I fit into all of those categories as a kid. Let's take one. Let's take them from what they know as familiar, even though it's a terrible situation. The child is still familiar with it. So they're comfortable. Let's take them from that situation and put them in an institutionalized situation. Let's 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 do that. Because our outreach and our effect to raise awareness has been pathetic. I am a foster 
kid. And I struggle with understanding why the state that is my headquarters ranks so pitifully amongst all the other states. Why we feel that we can't do better than putting kids in county jails, psychiatric facilities, and DSS offices beds because we have nowhere else for them to go. I'm dead serious on this thing, man. I've, this is the second time I've run this series, and the first time I ran it, y'all was just as muted and and whatever. You know what I mean? If I post a picture of, of, of Jeremiah and his prom, y'all falling all over yourself. But, I, but I, I deal with a topic that requires us to, to dig a little deeper and we, we go back to our proverbial caves. Right? Post me something that'll entertain me, King. Don't dare challenge me to look within myself. Post me something that, that'll make me feel warm and fuzzy. Don't dare challenge me to say, hey, King, hey, look, I'm so glad a, a, a nearly 60-year-old woman opened her house to you. I don't know if I could do that for, for another kid, but but hearing your story maybe makes me think I should. The 116 pages in this book detail the absolute horror that I went through as a child. Get your copy at whoatmybrownie.com. But had it not been for Ruthie Plowden, had it not been for Paul Plowden opening their home to me and making sure that I didn't go to an institutionalized facility, this book may be 416 pages of horror instead of 116. Tomorrow night, we'll be right back here on Impacting Life 24-7 unless I have a baseball game and then I'll just do the show early as opposed to 7. We might come on at 5 because Jeremiah has his game and not missing the last few games of the season. So we might come back on early tomorrow night. I'll make a post about it. But just think about maybe your hands that you look at every single day, maybe those are the fingerprints that are supposed to be on the heart of a child that's lost. Maybe your fingerprints are supposed to be on the heart, the mind of a kid that's been extracted from their home by no fault of their own. Maybe it's just time that you could be the next Ruth E. Plowden. Kids should not be having to stay in the county jail. They should not be having to sleep on chairs at the DSS office. They should not have to be thrust into a psychiatric facility because there's nobody is willing to take care of them. 
Let God speak to your heart. Tune back in tomorrow night for the second part of this three-night series. The foster care crisis in North Carolina. God bless you.